Well, the lights didn't go out, but you can imagine for dramatic effect that they did. All right, everybody. Welcome to week four of At The Movie. So excited that you're joining us right now. Who got a refill on their popcorn? Anybody already refilled? Anybody make it through the box? None of you? All right. Some of you made it through the box. All right. There we go. We're excited about this morning. I told you already a little bit different of a morning, and that is that this is the first time that we are streaming to KidZone live for Family Sunday. All right, everybody? So I just want to look in the camera. And come on, church, can we welcome KidZone in with us? Come on, let's welcome our kids. Excited you guys are joining us today. I've got some points that are for them, so I'm not even going to look at all of you guys, all right? I'm just going to look straight into the camera to them. But if you're watching online or listening, we just invite you to join us as well. So excited. If you're a guest with us, we are excited that you joined us. If you randomly walked in today, you are in the right place. Can I just tell you, all right? You made the right random choice this morning. So excited to have you uh, in church with us. This series, just if you don't know already, we're in week four of At The Movies. And this is a series where we take movies and pull biblical truths out of them. We have a lot of fun. We eat a lot of popcorn. We drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. It's just a fun time. All right, everybody. But before we dive into the message, I want to do something I love doing, and that is little known movie facts. All right. That's how we're going to start out week four. And so shout it out if you know the movie. Here we go. First one. Anybody know Lion King? There we go. Not Ratatouille. Where's the Ratatouille person? This is Lion King. All right, everybody, what you may not know about Lion King, Akuna Matata, back to my first slide. What you might not know about the Lion King is when Disney released the Lion King, they actually were sued by a hyena biologist for making the hyenas the villains of the film. Come on, somebody, somebody. You're saying, I didn't know there was such a thing as a hyena biologist, but apparently they are easily offendable. And so I just want to apologize ahead of time to any hyena biologist we may have in the church. It's just fun to say hyena biologist. You should try it sometime. All right, second thing about Lion King, uh, something else you might not know. Every time in the movie, when you hear a lion roar, the animal you are actually hearing is a tiger. It's a tiger, everybody, because they couldn't get the lions to roar loud enough, and so they had to record... And this is my one weekend to do a little LSU pride. Come on, this is the only time I could do that, all right? It, was, it is a tiger's roar. Blocked field goal to beat Arkansas. Come on, that's, uh, there is no LSU pride. All right, everybody. Next one up here, shout it out if you know the movie. Titanic. All right, here we go. What you might not know is the movie Titanic costs more to produce than the boat costs to build. Come on. They could have just rebuilt the whole thing, right? Jack didn't even need a door. He'd have a whole boat that just, I don't know, adult... More to build on that one. All right, next movie. Here we go. Next one. Shout it out if you know it. Star Wars. Come on. That was week one of At The Movies. Where are my Star Wars people at? Come on. You were there week one. There we go. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, known for its space scenes, known for its incredible effects in the 70s. What you might not know is you see these ultra-realistic asteroids here flying across. Anybody know what those are? Those are not CGI-created asteroids. Those are not actual footage of asteroids. What you are looking at, ladies and gentlemen, is an old shoe and a potato. Come on, somebody. Uh, It's flying across, I guess, on strings. I don't know. The best Hollywood magic that money can buy. You can bet that didn't cost as much as the Titanic. But we're going to have a good time with our movies. All right, so that's all the movie facts I have. I'll have a few more for you next week. But I'm excited about this morning because we're going to do one of my favorite movies of all time. And that is RV. Come on, somebody. We're going to do Because if you've ever... If you've ever been on a family vacation, you've ever taken a road trip, you've ever strapped your kids in for 20 hours cross country, you will identify with our main character today, Bob. 
Uh, you will identify closely with our main character, Bob. Because Bob gets so much wrong. Bob is chasing after money. He wants that promotion. He wants to impress his boss. He wants all the things that don't really matter in life. And so when we meet Bob, he's taking his family to a party to impress his boss. But things don't go exactly as he'd hoped. (laughs) It doesn't go exactly how he planned it would go. (laughs) I love this movie. But see, Bob had made a bigger mistake than letting his daughter invite a friend to the party. Bob had already left, or Bob had already put his job, something that wasn't as important, above his family. He had put impressing his boss above his family. He had put his work above his family. You know, we tend to do that in our own lives. If I were to ask you to make a list and put your most important thing on top, I know what we would say, right? For most of you, if you made a priorities list, you would say that God was at the top. And then maybe you would say that family was second place. And then maybe for some of you, crawfish would be in the third spot. But maybe not that for all of you. But if we actually looked at where we spend our time, where we actually spend our time would show us what we value the most. And I think the list would look a lot different, except for maybe number three. Maybe one more appointment instead of time with family. Maybe one more YouTube video instead of time with the Bible. Maybe one more thing. And we're letting what really matters slip away. And as we get older, we get even worse at this. As we get older, we get even better at justifying it. Like Bob, we start chasing what the world tells us is important. We start chasing a little bit more money. And we get so good at explaining it away. We say, if I can just save up enough, then we can spend time together. If I can just chase that next thing, make that next purchase, then we would have good quality time. And we don't realize that we're trading away time with those that matter the most. We're trading that away. Listen to me. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. If you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will be more than happy to help you. Your job will help you prioritize. Your school will be more than happy to help you prioritize. Everyone around you will more than happily tell you what to do with your life. And if you don't make an active step to prioritize what actually matters the most, somebody else will. You know, Jesus warned the people he was speaking to in Luke chapter 12. And he said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. It doesn't consist in the titles you accumulate. It doesn't doesn't consist of the things that you try to heap up. It's not what life is all about. And then he speaks to the next few verses about a man who heaps up possessions. Incredibly wealthy. And he builds barns to hold all of those possessions. And he fills those. And so he builds more barns. And then he fills those And he keeps heaping them up. And then finally he says, okay, maybe I'll enjoy them now. And God comes to him and says, you fool. For this night your life is required of you. And then who will enjoy the things that you've accumulated? Who will will use these things that you've piled up? And Jesus calls that person a fool. And then he says this, so is anyone. Anyone. How it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. What do you have in the wrong place on your list? What's worked its way up in importance far above where it should be in the priority list? Let me know. Let me let you know something today. You can work it back down again. If it's worked its way up too high on that list, you can work it back down again. But Bob hasn't learned that yet. Against all odds, he's not fired. Come on, somebody. He's given one final chance to save his job if he can make it to Boulder, Colorado in two days. And so without telling his family the truth... He cancels their dream vacation to Hawaii. He rents a 40-foot-long RV, 
and he sets out to drive across the country to save his job. Turn it off. Right? Anybody ever had a fight between your spouse and the GPS? Nobody? Anybody ever have that? I used to have GPS in my truck uh, built in about 10 years ago. It was a really outdated system, though. It was really useful, but the problem was that you had to switch out DVDs every time you crossed, like, a city line or a state line for it to figure out where you were. And so you were constantly switching out DVDs. And so I finally decided I'd rather be lost than in my lane of the highway, you know, than know where I was in the ditch on the side. Come on, somebody. So we kind of gave that one up. But before that, if you can just draw your memory back a few years before GPS, right, it was maps. You would use actual maps. But there was an in-between time where we didn't use maps and we didn't use GPS. We used MapQuest. Anybody remember that? The dark days, right? I guarantee you, anybody who complains about phone apps never used MapQuest and never used a map to go the things, right? Because it would... It would, you'd print out a list of directions, and it would tell you, turn left, turn left, turn right, turn left, you're here. And you'd look up, and you're like, I'm not here. I'm, not, I'm nowhere. I'm, this is a field. This is not Walmart. And so we go through those. I guarantee you Google Maps and Apple Maps, for all their shortcomings, are better than those things. But what I want to tell you this morning is that as Christians, we are given a map that's way better than any MapQuest or Apple Maps or anything, that the Word of God is a map to our lives. That we're given a direction thing that we're able to find out what our next step is and how we should live. And the Bible talks about this. He talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. So listen to me, everybody. Your Bible is not just this pretty book we buy to sit on the shelf and look really nice when people come over. The Bible is living and active. Watch this. Inspired by God is useful to teach us what is true. To make us realize what's wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong, come on somebody, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Bible is alive, everybody. It says it in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that it's living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. This is Bible language for it will mess with you. It will get up inside your issues, inside your emotions, inside your priorities, and it will rearrange some things. The Bible is God's map to what really matters in life. For it's alive and active, the attitudes of the heart, equipping us for every good work. So what is our response to that? What is our response to these verses? It's in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says we build our lives on his word. We build our lives on the foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And Jesus goes on to describe, he says, storms are going to come. Bad news for you, there are storms that are coming. Things are going to go wrong. The storms are going to beat against the house that you've built. But he says that anyone who hears my words and does them is a person who builds a house on solid rock. And the person who's built his life on the solid rock, it says that his house will stand in the storms of life, that his house will be firm, his foundation will stand against the storms that come. But sadly, Bob's already chosen the wrong path. We've seen that in the first two clips, but things don't truly go wrong till he starts taking advice from the absolutely wrong. (laughs) Why would they sell you a hose spreader if you couldn't spread the hose? That might be one of my favorite scenes in all of filmdom. But Bob's hit a new low, wouldn't you agree? Bob has hit a new low even for Bob. 
He just wants to spend time with his kids. He wants to get the RV flushed and he wants to get back to his wonderful family vacation. But I want you to notice what I think is relevant to us this morning. What I think might be the only relevant thing to us this morning is how Bob gets to that moment. And you hear his son, Carl, you hear him kind of sum it all up when he says, yeah, dad, I kind of figured that out when you started taking advice from morons, right? I just I kind of figured that we had hit a new low in this point. Proverbs said it first. Watch this. Proverbs, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools ends up wearing the fecal matter on his shirt. Come on, somebody. Companion. Paul warned in 1 Corinthians, don't fool yourselves. Bad friends will destroy you. The people that you put around you, the people you start taking advice from, they can either make you wise friends will make you wise, but foolish friends, bad friends will destroy you. The truth is you are always going to be surrounded by people who are trying to shape you. Your entire life, you will always be surrounded by people who are trying to speak something into your life. And the truth of the Bible that it says is that they will either make you or they will break you. Your friends will either help you achieve what God has for you or they will pull you back from the dream that God has put into your life. What you allow to speak into your life and who you allow around you is one of the most important decisions that you will make continually throughout your life. Continue. I don't care how young or how old you are. This is a decision you have to make daily who you're going to allow to speak into your life because they will decide whether you go after that dream. They'll decide whether they're building you up or they're tearing you down because in the body of Christ, it can be a beautiful thing to see relationships that work, to see people that build each other up, that say, God has a dream for you. I want to see that come to pass, who see vision for your life. And choosing those relationships is so important. In fact, the relationships that you choose will determine the legacy that you leave. The relationships that you put around you, the people that are speaking into your life. But Bob, Bob's finally to a place where he thinks he can try to make things right, but he's still trying to go it alone. He's trying to get his life right. He's trying to find his family and still his life is rolling downhill. Terrible pun intended. All right, everybody. He's, he can't catch a break. But see, Bob makes a mistake I see play out in the church all the time. And that is he thinks that he has to fix everything on his own. He realizes that he's on the wrong path. He realizes he needs to take a new path, if you will. But he still thinks he has to do it alone. He made the mistake. So in his mind, he needs to be the one that fixes them. Listen to me, church. You weren't made to do life alone. We weren't created to live life alone. The church, the Christian life isn't made to be alone. It's why Jesus put such an emphasis in his ministry and in building the early church in not being alone. It wasn't how we were created. It's why we push so strongly for small groups here at Victory. Get in a group, get in a group. Every time we launch them, get in a group, get in a group. Because you weren't designed to be alone. You're never going to be able to stand all by yourself. You're not made to stand by yourself. I would say, honestly, that you are only as strong as the relationships around you. That as you walk out and try to live out the life God has called you to, the relationships around you are how strong you are. Ecclesiastes says it this way. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands fights like Chuck Norris. Come on, somebody. That's in the abridged version somewhere. You can check it out later. But though one may be overpowered, if you're by yourself, you may hold out for a little while. If you're all alone, you may say, no, I'm not going to do that and I'm, I'm not going to live that way and I'm, I'm not going to live that lifestyle or go to that party or, or play that game. I'm not going to do those things. But if you're all by yourself, you have a 50-50 chance of probably giving in eventually. 
Probably giving in to the pressure. But if there's two of you, you can stand back to back. The Bible says back to back, you can defend each other. And you get a third person in there, chances are you're going to stand against the pressure. It's how the Christian life is meant to be lived. To have relationships around you that help you to stand. You have to have people in your life that can give a three-cord rope. It can be, it can be a strong thing against the pressure. So it's so important in your life to have those relationships. And Bob's almost got it right, but by now he's sunk the RV at the bottom of a lake. Come on, somebody. His family is headed in the opposite direction from him, and he still hasn't made it to his meeting. But now, after all of that, we're going to find out if he's going to make the right choice after all. (laughs) Bob's back with his family, all right? He's made the right choices. We can all cheer for Bob. Bob is back with his. He's got his priorities straight. He's somehow still alive. Come on, somebody. But if you watch that scene, in order to do all of that, he has to leave one thing behind after another. If you're watching that, when he comes out of the water on the bike, right, he's left the RV that he's tried to hold on to at the bottom of the lake. When he chooses to go down the dirt hill, he has to leave behind his job. He's basically kissing his occupation goodbye. When he grabs onto the bus, you don't see that scene, but he's dropping a $4,000 bicycle because his hips are misaligned back behind him to bounce on the highway. But Bob doesn't care about any of that because he's going to get his family back. He's going after what actually matters. And here's what I want you to see. If you're going to go after what matters, sometimes you're going to have to leave behind what doesn't. If you're going to go after things that actually matter, a lot of times you're going to have to leave behind the things that don't. If family time is truly worth it, then let's cut out the things that are trying to choke our schedule. If we really say that it's important, if relationships mean more than money, then let's stop sacrificing time together to chase another dollar or another purchase. If God is calling us to follow him, above all, let's leave behind what doesn't matter. Because in order to follow the dream he has for our life, you've got to leave behind all these things that are really worthless to begin with. In Luke, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself daily and take up his cross and follow me. So if anybody wants to live the Christian life, deny yourself. It's not in all this stuff that you have to leave behind. It's what we're grasping towards. That's what actually matters. In the movie, Bob stands up to his boss and he gets fired. He somehow fishes the RV out of the bottom of the lake where it had sunk. And the family is back together at last. List to really reflect what matters the most. To choose relationships that are more important than money to choose following God over all these other things that try to keep us back. I can't think of a better Sunday to leave behind all the stuff that doesn't really matter that much anyway in light of eternity. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? I just want to pray first that God would give us the strength to leave behind those things that don't matter. That God would give us the strength to choose the important over the non-essential. Before I do that, though, there are some of you who are here today and you find yourself far from God. And you're listening to all of this and you're saying, that'd be great. I'd love to get my priorities straight. I'd love to have the right relationships in the church and with God. And I'd love to have all those things. I want you to know none of that happens until you get your relationships right with him. And so you may say it feels like God is a million miles away. And I don't know how you got to that place, but I want you to know that God is drawing you. That he wants you. That he's not mad at you for the mistakes that you've made. He's not mad at you for running so far. He wants you back and he loves you. 
You don't have to get it together to get to God. You get to God so he can help you get it together. It's the way that you fix your life. You don't have to be perfect to come to him. And I don't know if you've never heard that before, but I just want to tell you, God wants you. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, me of my sins, any sins that we have committed or will commit, that his blood once and for all paid the price for the sins that we've done. And then he rose from the dead so that anyone, anyone, including you, can call on the name of Jesus and be saved. That it's not some exclusive club, that it's open to anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. And so today, if you're here in the room or you're watching online, or even if you're up in kids' zone, just want you to know that God wants you. And that you can have a right relationship with him. You can be saved today. Let this be the Sunday you make that decision. If you say, that's me, I want to be saved. I want to make my life right with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, I just want to pray with you. Just want to pray a simple prayer. I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the front. I'm not trying to embarrass you. It's about connecting you with Jesus. It's not about joining a church. It's not about any denomination. This is about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you want to make that decision today, I just want to pray with you. I'm going to give you the words to the prayer. You can say it with your own heart and your own mind. So come on, church. Let's pray with those who want to pray this prayer. Nobody prays alone. Just say these words, dear Jesus. Forgive me for all my mistakes, for all my sins. I want to live my life for you. I accept what you did on the cross. And I believe that you rose to life. Now say these words, I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now God, one more time, we thank you for the relationships that we have in our lives. We thank you that we can get our priorities straight. We thank you for the strength that you give us to put you first, to focus on what matters most. We thank you for friends that will support us, for spiritual family, God, that loves us. We thank you for all that you're going to do in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we give thanks to God for what he's done today? Church, you're dismissed as you go. Be blessed this week. We'll see you next week for the last Sunday of At The Movies.